Hello. We are back with episode 47 of Far From Normal. My name is Giovanni. And I'm Miranda. And yeah, yeah this, this is, is this is it. <laughs> this is Far From Normal. Yeah. So to our audience, we have been posting a lot about food insecurity in the past week or so. So as you might have noticed, feedingamerica.org estimated that that was about 35 million people that experienced food insecurity in the United States in 2019. And as expected, this number increased about 23% in 2020. And there were many children affected by this and lots of school lunches that were no longer available and food stamps that could not keep up with this food insecurity um, demand. So with that said, we invited um, Mr. Raj and Mr. Anasab to discuss their organization about um, called Hunger Metal, or not even, well, I think they will like, uh, clarify this, but it's not an organization. But they, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. <laughs> Ladies first? Sure. I'm Anna Sava, co-founder of Hunger Metal. And um, I would like to say that has become our introduction in itself. <laughs> That's right. Um, I'm Raja Sava. And um, as an introduction, just a little bit about ourselves, both uh, mm -hmm. Anna. Anna actually is a short form. Her real name is Aradhana, but uh, she goes as Anna in the corporate world and kind of Anna stuck with her. Um, so I came to the United States from India in 1974. I started my career as a dishwasher. Uh, my lovely wife joined me in 1982 when we both got married. And... Uh, Anna retired. We both had a successful uh, corporate career. And Anna retired from the corporate world as an executive at EDS, which was at that time bought by HP, Hewlett Packard. Okay. And that was in 2009. And in 2010, I retired as the chief strategy officer for Perot Systems, which was acquired by Dell Computers. So basically at that time in 2010, Anna fully retired and I joining the retirement ranks, we both kind of took an inventory of our lives and what we wanted to do out of our lives. We both felt that time is the most precious thing any human can have. And we had a successful corporate career. We have two boys who at that time in 2010 were fully grown and off our payroll. <laughs> what I mean by that is they were graduated. They graduated from UT Austin, both of them. And they both had uh, successful careers. So Anna and I said, okay, so what do we want to do with the rest of our time on this lovely planet that we are placed on? And uh, we both felt that we wanted to spend more time with our aging parents and family members across the world. We both loved traveling. We wanted to go see and experience the world. And we both believe that we have a life mantra, which we call it, you know, um, a human life is best lived in three stages. And that is learning, earning, and returning. Because frankly speaking, nothing is going back with us. Right? None of the material things is going back with us. Mm -hmm. So whatever we are today, it is because of the community that shaped us. Right? And we owe it back to the community, back to the society, giving back in form of resources that we have accumulated over the years, experiences that we have accumulated over the years, networks that we have accumulated over the years. So we both felt that we were in the returning phase of our lives. So we got engaged in causes, 
And at that time in 2009, 2010, we both felt, and it was just maybe a little bit of a stereotype, that the need was always there in emerging countries, in third world countries. That right? is the visible need. Exactly. Right, Anna? So Anna actually, uh, would you tell about your... So we, we engaged in several uh, nonprofits, uh, most of whom did work in India. Right. So, uh, you know, I um, became president of uh, a nonprofit in Dallas and we raised a whole bunch of money and money was sent to India. So, you know, that was the only need that we were aware of. Yeah. Well, we, we actually like Anna was the president of their chapter. We raised millions of dollars. I started an Austin chapter and we were raising funds and sending it to money for education focused charity. And we were feeling good about giving back to the society. But interesting thing happened. About five years ago, I was having lunch with our Plano mayor. So Plano is the suburb that we live in. So I was having lunch with him. And during the lunch, he asked me, he says, Raj, would you support my backpack program? You know, now we all live in United States, capital of marketing, right? I mean, I thought it was some kind of a marketing gig, you know, you know, backpack with logos and given to the bright student, something like that. But he corrected me. He said, no, no, I'm talking about backpack filled with enough food for a child to last for the weekend. Mm. I immediately looked at him and said, oh, you mean in the uh, rough neighborhoods, you know, the, the rundown neighborhoods, inner et cetera, cities. inner cities. He said, no, 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 no. I'm talking about schools where your children went, where my children are going. And Anna, could you tell about your yeah. experience about... It was mind-boggling because I used to tell Raj about all these lavish cars that were in the parking lot when I went to drop the kids off to school. And I'd come back and say, what's happening here? I mean, I know this is an affluent uh, city, but I mean, these cars are better than the cars in the parking lot of the company I work for. <laughs> so, something's are, weird here. Right? And, and actually around Plano, you don't see hunger, you don't see poverty, you don't see homelessness. So when the Plano mayor said that this is for children at Plano uh, schools, and then he went on to say things like one in four school-going children doesn't know where their next meal is coming from in Plano, which is again, as Anna mentioned, and any affluent uh, community, affluent city. So I came home and I told Anna what the mayor said. And first thing she said was, Raj, you're getting old. You didn't hear it correctly. This cannot mm -hmm. be true. <laughs> so my, uh, when I used to work, uh, my mentor, uh, one I always looked up to is Ross Perot. And Ross Perot had a very, he had lots of famous sayings. One of his famous saying was, if you ever want to find the truth, bring all the liars in one room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what we decided, Anna is a wonderful cook. She, you know, we are vegetarian. And uh, so we decided to invite the Plano mayor to our home for dinner. We, I was on the board of a Indian physicians organization. And I said, you know, if in fact hunger is an issue, this will translate into health issues. So you need to hear this. So I invited the board to our home. Uh, we invited the executives of the food bank to our home. And uh, they all came and they gave, in our living room, they gave a presentation about the hunger stats right in our area in North Texas. First slide, we were shocked. But you know, PowerPoint slide has an interesting effect. By the second, third slide, frankly speaking, those just becomes numbers 
our mind zooms away, right? Doesn't have that emotional connections anymore. The shock factor is gone. We accept it now. But Colleen, who presented that from Food Bank, she did one fantastic thing. At the end of the presentation, she actually pulled out a backpack and passed it around. Mm. And when you look inside the backpack, you see the small juice boxes, you see the small milk boxes, you see the small peel away snack uh, items, uh, sunflower seed packets. There was not a single dry eye in the room at that time. And everybody wrote their checks that night, you know, and, but, but that night Anna and I could sleep, you know, because something awakened in us that hold on, issues are right here in our own front yard, in our own backyard, in this country that allowed me to go from being a dishwasher to a chief strategy officer, there are challenges here. And I owe it to this country to give back to at and, least do something. To and this fix. wasn't uh, a very uh, luxurious challenge of, oh, you know, we don't have the arts or, you know, things like that. Hunger. Hunger, basic necessity. Right. You know, which was so invisible, but there was so much hunger. Right. So, uh, and but coming from the corporate world, I mean, Anna has, and, I, and I'm hogging all the time here, and I'm quoting Anna. I should let Anna speak. You know, Anna, you know, your perspective of how our corporate world prepared us for. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, long corporate careers, right? And we thoroughly enjoyed our corporate careers. And it seemed like we were at a life point where all those learnings from the corporate world could be brought in to do something that was so gratifying and something so different. So that's how, you know, we kind of looked at the problem. We spoke with the leaders of the food bank. And we, you know, started getting engaged a little by little, little by little to right. really get to, yeah. is this problem real? And is the food bank doing an effective enough job? And mm -hmm. I mean, if the problem is so big, the solution has to be huge. Is the food bank the right organization? So we did some due diligence there. So due diligence was very important to us, you know, uh, especially as an immigrant uh, community, we know the value of a hard-earned dollar. So, you know, if we were, besides us giving any funds, if we were going to ask anybody else to give funds to the food bank, you know, we wanted to make sure that is, like Anna mentioned, we do our due diligence to re realize that this is the right organization and they are running efficiently. So Anna joined the philanthropy board of the food bank, of North Texas, Texas Food Bank, to learn more about their inner workings, to see how efficient and effective they are. And once after a year, year or so, uh, she was convinced that, okay, this is the right way to do it. And we wanted to also make sure that we put our egos aside because a, a human uh, uh, instinct at it, at, especially during retirement is that start something of, on your own. Legacy building. Legacy right? building, leave my name behind. I said, no, let's put all that stuff aside. Let's work on, you know, so uh, solving the problem on hand and that this being a necessity of a, a basic necessity problem. So uh, after Anna was convinced that this is the right organization to throw our support behind, we spoke with the CEO of the food bank and said, you know, we wanted to make a large donation, which we did. And then we said, besides the donation, we just did not want to be one and done. We wanted to figure out, and Anna and I both of we communicate a lot. So 
we felt, you know what, first of all, we questioned why is there more Indian community members engaged in this fight against yes, so Let me elaborate on yeah. that. So, you know, obviously as part of our engagement with the food bank, we also started volunteering regularly and more regularly. And we would always make a comment of, hmm, there's not too many people here volunteering who look like us, right? And we wondered why that was. And we led a very social life in Plano. And we reflected and we said, never in our parties or gatherings has hunger come up as an issue. Even about talking about, hey, you know, kids go to school and there's so much hunger. Never has hunger been a topic of conversation. And could that be because it's invisible? Well, I think more, one is invisible. Second is the fact that just like how we were not aware of the hunger issue, very likely our friend circle, other Indian community members were not aware of it. You know, for me, I was fortunate that the Plano mayor actually raised that issue and made, uh, raised that awareness, right? Or else I was ignorant about that problem. So we, we basically proposed to the CEO of the food bank that besides our six-figure donation that we made at that time, you know, we would like to also, you know, launch this thing called Hunger Mitau. Hunger Mitau is, it is two words, you know, hunger is the English word, of course. Mitau means wipe out in Hindi, which is the Indian national language. So we just brought that two together and we proposed to the CEO that we would like to raise awareness within the Indian community about the hunger issue. And awareness is the first step before engagement. Right. So uh, she said, you know, this is great. We have always been looking for ways to engage the community at the food bank. But our thought process was more like, okay, let's be in the middle of the community. So they moved their distribution center, which was far away from the uh, central uh, part of the, of the city. They moved it right in the heart of the city. So more community members can come out and volunteer and, and etc. But this was a very unique movement that they were intrigued and they said, we'll support you. Yeah, outreach of this kind had never been, never done. been done. So Anna and I got to work, my background being strategy, Anna being very process driven. We developed our strategic plan. We put our guiding principle. And part of our guiding principle was we are not going to create yet another organization. Right? We don't want another 501c3 floating out there. We, the need is hunger. An organization that is doing a great job is food bank. Community that needs to get engaged is what we need to connect and connect them with. So we wanted to just evangelize this thing. So we, as part of our strategy, you know, we did a lot of anticipatory thinking. So basically we kind of played the devil's advocate where we say, okay, once we raise awareness, then the community will say, okay, so what can I do, right? So let's be prepared rather than well, uh, uh, you know, then we are lost. Then we lose them. You know, that we got them and yet we lose them. So we basically identified four impact pillars under Hunger Metal. And those four impact pillars are, number one, awareness. We tell the community, at the minimum, be aware that there's a hunger issue where you live. There's a hunger issue where your children are going to school. You know, don't be ignorant about that. We don't want to do anything about it. That's okay. We understand. Everybody's life is different. Everybody has other pressures. So we totally understand that. But be aware that one in 
six at that time, right? Yeah. One in six North Texan <laughs> did not know where the next meal is coming from. One in four school going children doesn't know where the next meal is coming from. So mm-hmm. we wanted to... And this, this was like the bulk of what we felt we needed to do. Yeah. Because in our minds, honestly, in both of our minds, we equated homelessness with hunger. Yeah. Mm. And we found that in the U.S., that is not accurate at all. Yeah. Most of the people who need food assistance have a permanent address. Yeah. Right. So that was a learning for us. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, people knew that when we made them aware. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I mean, face of hunger was different here than face of hunger in India. In India, the moment you land from the, uh, the airport, you'll see hunger right there on the sidewalks. Right and and hunger truly was connected with homelessness, with poverty, right. So poverty is here also. But as I, as I said, as Anna said, that people ninety plus percent of people who actually come to the food bank and the pantries to get food assistance actually have a permanent roof over their head. So we had to educate the community that you know people are making decisions between mortgage medicine and food and typically food is what that suffers you know you still need your medicine you still need to pay your rent or else you'll be kicked out right so they typically end up what maximizing it so non-nutritious food whatever can, can fill their belly they are going out and getting getting those food which is basically creating issues down the road you know yeah. Anna's mother used to uh, whenever we used to visit India she when we told her about the hunger issue here in America she said, it can be right. She said, I see the most obese people in America. How could that be, you know, how could they be hungry? And, and therein, and I explains to them about- Yeah, I mean, it's not always having enough to eat. It's actually more often than not a symptom of not having the right food to eat. Right. Yeah, the nutritious answer, they're all focused on filling their bellies, etc. So awareness. Awareness was our number one uh, impact pillar. And Anna and I got to work on that right away. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Let me quickly give you the other three pillars. The other three pillars were uh, volunteering. You know, food bank, you know, the North Texas Food Bank can provide, enable three meals for $1, right? Feeding America at the national level can enable 10 meals for $1, right? And that is because of two reasons. One is majority of the food that they get is donated. So there's no cost for that majority. And secondly, they get they have hundreds of thousands of volunteers who give up two hours out of the weekend or a weeknight or a weekday, come as corporations, right, to sort out the donated food. Now, if they had to pay even minimum wages to those people who are sorting the food, it would flip. Instead of three meals to a dollar, it'll be three dollars to a meal, or maybe even more. So we wanted to encourage more of the community members to come out and volunteer, especially after Anna mentioned, we, when we volunteered, we didn't see that many community members, Indian community members out there volunteering. Few, and those few in many cases came through the corporations, yeah. not as a community. So volunteering is something we wanted to encourage. The third thing was food drive. As I mentioned earlier, that uh, food, you know, they, they're... They, they get most of the food is donated food at the food bank. So, you know, India, we have lots of festivals. We wanted to change their paradigm that, okay, 
We don't need more sweets. We don't need more wine on, you know, on our celebrations. You know, instead, why not make a, you know, a, a can of beans or, or a bag of rice or whatever non-perishable food that can be donated to the food bank. Let's get into that habit of doing food drives and donating to the food bank. And the fourth one, of course, the most important of all is money. Mm-hmm. Because the food bank, you know, still needs funds to keep the lights on, to, to, to keep their trucks moving. Uh, between uh, collecting food to dropping it off at every zip code so that folks who are in need of food can come out and get it. And the food banks also need to buy food because right. as um, we need to also clarify that food banks used to, long, long time ago, just hand out cans of food. But lately, there's been such a focus on distributing nutritious food. Yeah that almost half of the food distributed by the food banks is produce and protein, right? Because we want to make sure there are people who need food are eating nutritious food. So when when you depend on food that is donated, you don't always get the full spectrum of a plate that is nutritious. So there are times when the food bank has to go out and purchase food. So the money is for all of that and money is crucial. Yep, exactly. So, you know, in a way, we wanted to take the crutches away from those who still wanted to be on the sideline, right? So if somebody, you know, after being aware of the hunger issue says, you know, that's great, but I don't have any money right now. I am, I am struggling or I am saving for, for my children's school, etc. We tell them, we totally understand that. I'll go back to the three, the life mantra learning, earning, and returning. So somebody may be a student. They may be in the learning stage, but they still want to do something good. Well, yeah, don't worry about money, but how about giving two hours of your time once a month, right? And that can help the food bank, right? For those who are earning and they're still in the saving mode for their children, et cetera, we totally support that. But how about that extra can of bean that is there in your pantry? How about giving a couple of those once in a while, you know, before it expires? to the food bank, right? So there are many ways to engage. Anna and I, in the first year, we launched this Hunger Mittal movement in 2017. And and at that time, we also did something interesting, uh, which is we we wanted to look at, okay, the audience we are going after is the Indian community, which is where we come from. And we chose to go uh, and, and focus on that because you need to put a scope around something somewhere as a community. Uh, initially, we thought the Asian community, right, South, South Asian community. But I was on the board of a South Asian Chamber of Commerce organization, and I'll be candid with you. You know, every country comes with their own religion, culture, holidays, language. It was hard to get anything done. It is hard as it is within India because India between North, South, East, West, we have different culture, different holidays, different religion, different dialects. Even there is hard, but at least people associate with India as their country. So we said, and, and, and also we had our biggest network of friends circle influences, right? Within the Indian community. So we said, let's start with that. And I want to talk about the replication of the model. So from the beginning, the thought we put around this was, pardon me, that we are starting in North Texas. We did want to scale it to other cities. 
And we also wanted this to be a model that could be replicated if it became successful to other communities, not just the Indian American community, because this was a model we saw promise in. And, and that, that was the intention with which we started. And that was also something we paid attention to as we created templates. We made sure that you know they could be repurposed and reused. And so initially when I said all of our corporate training came to <laughs> service, yeah. that's what I meant. You know, everything that we learned at work seemed to play a role in this new avatar of yeah. ours. Yeah, exactly. So we templatized everything and we made sure that it is easily replicable. So uh, we now, just uh, to give a quick update, uh, Hunger Mitao now is a national movement across the country, uh, across the United States. And uh, we are working with five food banks and with Feeding America uh, at this time, but other additional food banks are now uh, wanting to also implement Hunger Mitao to engage the community in those areas. The five food banks we are currently working with are North Texas, Houston, Atlanta, New York City, and Seattle. And then we are working with the mothership, which is the Feeding America, which overlooks the 200 food banks across the country and every zip code uh, across the country. So we're working closely with them. And uh, I was just kind of going back to one other item that how did this thing get, got started, right? I mean, so the, the momentum, if I may, uh, uh, basically, Anna and I, from 2017, once it was launched, we basically went and raised, did awareness sessions, right? Uh, first of all, we ourselves got onboarded with the food bank to get all the latest about the hunger issue, uh, etc. And after getting all that knowledge, then whether it was two people at Starbucks or 20,000 people at Cotton Bowl Stadium, we went and spoke. When whoever will give us, we had one minute pitch about hunger issue. We had five minute pitch about hunger issue. We had a one hour presentation, Q and A. We had a workshop on hunger issue. So we made ourselves available to the community. Um, we basically told the food bank that we'll give three years of our time. Frankly, it's already up to five years now, <laughs> but uh, we just wanted to make sure that we are truly immersed in it. And by doing so in the very first year, we must have done way over 100 awareness sessions. I mean, even at people's home, they were having a religious festival and they said, would you come and speak for 10 minutes at the end of, they have this thing called Aarti, you know, would you do that? We said, we'll be too, happy to do that, right? A, a friend of ours having his 50th birthday, you know, uh, he actually surprised us. He says, you know, we will support they're a big supporter of, of Hunger Mitao and the Food Bank. And on his 50th birthday, with, between all of his friends, he, you know, he had already said in his uh, birthday message, as his wife had that, no gifts, any donation, make it to the North Texas Food Bank. And in his remarks, he said, I did not realize that I was actually a recipient of subsidized food, which was made possible by generous donors. Because when we came to America, right, and when we went to school, you know, I mean, the way we were, you know, given food and all that in the cafeteria, et cetera, it was subsidized. Yeah, he said he didn't realize it then. Yeah. He said, I never felt poor. Yeah. But now when I think back, you know, that is what had happened. My parents had signed up for 
this privilege at school and I was a recipient. Right. So and it struck deep. Right. And that's one thing that we like about working with Food Bank is that all their programs want to ensure that the dignity of the individuals is not taken up. Right. For, for example, the backpack program. The backpack program is designed such that the backpacks are discreetly put in the locker. They are also not backpack that says this is for a hungry child or whatever are a, a color code. Right. They are they, they blend right in with other kids' backpack program. And we like that, that the whole dignity part of it. Anyways, uh, we kind of give you a long right. intro. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 I, I warned you that we will give you a good update also uh, in, our, in our intro. But if you have any other specific questions, we would love to answer them. I'll let you start. No, yeah, no, I was just blown away and very much inspired by that whole story. I also um, didn't like in my head before I researched about hunger, I associated like homelessness with hunger and that just kind of made things a lot more clear to me because I guess I was exposed to like India so then you associate um, hunger with homelessness. Um, I guess like one of my questions would be like, what was your, do you, what, would you, what do you think is your biggest struggle or what was your biggest struggle starting this organization, putting it together? Um, I don't think there was any struggle at all. We mm -hmm. believed there was no struggle because number one, we were not looking to create an organization. <laughs> we found a cause that needed attention. We found an organization that was doing phenomenal work. So our work was easy. We were just evangelizing the work of this organization towards this cause that all of us, especially people from India, everybody is connected with helping hungry people get food. You know, it's part of our traditions. It's part of our everyday life. We do not start to eat. I mean, many households still follow this. You know, as some families here set a plate aside for a person, an extra person at the table. In India, you know, before people eat, they put some food aside that is given to somebody who comes asking for food or even to animals. So, you know, focus on the hungry is such a big part of our upbringing. And here we were telling people that, hey, you know, we are associated deeply with India. And yes, you know, we, one way or the other, we are all contributing towards causes in India, but let's not be blind to this need here. Right. I would like to say that I have a different view, which is what I think you want in this podcast, right? <laughs> um, my view is that there were struggles. Uh, our struggles were different. As Anna said, the, the ecosystem was in place, right? And we were 100% committed. I mean, our we are working harder now than we work during our corporate days. Our typical days is 14 to 16 hours, especially now that it's the national movement. Right, and we are happy with that. No issues with that. So that way, that there is no struggle uh, from that angle. The struggle is when we started this, and when we raised, when, when we did our awareness session, and we people were exhausted. They, they exhausted their questions because they got the answers from us. Yet, for the longest time, they did not engage because they were wondering what is our agenda here. Okay, what is Raj and Anna's agenda? What are they trying to get out of this? 
And for that reason, for the longest time, people were on the sideline. You know, but eventually, when they realized that we are a very transparent uh, movement, in fact, the word we use to define Hunger Mitao is that we are a movement. We are not an organization. We are not an association. And we don't touch any money. We don't touch any can of food. We don't uh, take any uh, minute of volunteering. We are willing to do all the, all the heavy lifting. No issues with that. If somebody wants to join, so we do have a steering council now that we have created because lots of people from the community have stepped up now four years into this movement and say, you know what, they have done their due diligence on us and they realize that, you know, there are no titles, there are no positions, you know, we're just trying to raise a community to step up and, and give where you live, which is our tagline. Mm-hmm. We, don't tell, we don't tell people that stop supporting other causes. We tell them, please continue to do what, what you are doing. We do that, right? But we tell them that as passionate as you are for giving to your motherland, you have to also be aware of the issues and do things in your adopted land, which by the way, is your children's motherland. Because mm-hmm. they're going to grow up here. This is, you know, and how are we going to help them integrate into the fabric of this great country? Unless they are seen not just as spelling bee champions, not just as educated children, not just as you know, uh, Indians are CEOs of Google and Microsoft and Adobe, etc. Right? They should also be seen that oh, this is an empathetic and passionate community that actually gets rolling up their sleeves and giving back and volunteering, you know, uh, etc. So this, this uh, Raj, glad you mentioned that because this. We wove this into our mission, yeah. right? We have a two-prong um, mission. One is there should be no hunger where we live because we are considered civilized people. Mm-hmm. We need to do our part in ensuring that nobody goes hungry. I don't think we will ever be able to eradicate hunger because there are larger forces at play, but we can as a community make sure nobody goes hungry. The second part is, as an immigrant community, we don't want to always be considered foreigners. And we will be considered foreigners if we don't engage in local issues, Mm. right? And so those were the two things that were very important to us as we communicated our charter, our strategic plan, and said, okay, these are two things we want to measure ourselves on. I had a question while you guys were discussing that came to mind. Um, you spoke about how hard it was to like engage people at first. Um, like before you get to the process of, you know, making people aware, um, how do you get people to like talk to you about it or to click on the website or, you know, like what, what are some of the first things you say to get people involved? That's a very good, good question. So uh, we, both of us, again, from, being technology world, that's what we grew up in, and uh, corporate world, we feel the social media has played a very, very big role in helping us effectively you know, articulate and push out our messages. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we are using Facebook, Facebook group, Facebook pages. We're not that big into uh, Instagram yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a handle there. 
uh, we just need some young people to kind of guide us on you know how the instagram groups etc work but uh, uh, we have our own radio show Oh, cool. So every week, every week we do a, a hunger mitau segment. So there is a South Asian radio show which reaches the ears of literally hundreds and tens of thousands of uh, Indian community in the North Texas area. So the owner of that, when they heard the hunger mitau story, they said, "Hey, I'll give you ten minutes, you know, uh, on a given." And they were moving it around. So for the last two years, we have been doing shows. that show has been so successful that now they reached out to us and say we'll give you 30 minutes segment wow. and i and i looked at it as how much can we talk about hunger so we are actually bringing in some bollywood songs related to giving and passion and also some food bank leaders and so we are now going deep right so we pick out a program of the food bank and we invite somebody from the food bank to come talk to us about it kids backpack program for instance right so we are g- getting our listeners more information deeper information about how the food bank is tackling hunger right and then you know uh, using website our website is uh, www.hungermitau.org and that's a national level website and then at, at every food bank where we have hunger mitau up and running we basically tell them that we are part of you we are not separate because we are not a, a, again another 501c3 so the food bank gives us a page or a microsite on their uh, food bank website on their platform yeah. on their platform so like ntfb.org is north texas food bank's platform and if you do ntfb.org/hungermitau suddenly you will get to our microsite and and then we use that to get the message out so on our radio show we put that website so people click on it people go there and whenever you're running any kind of campaign we promote the heck out of it through the facebook groups and to the uh, radio show etc your podcast will do wonders for us to again get across many many more people across the country so we've been uh, you know it's a, we are we're living in an interesting time because the social media which has also been used by the bad actors right to to make the world more volatile right uh, uh, i think yeah it is unfortunate but that is the reality of the thing uh, we are looking at the the other side said okay for a for a good cause the basic necessity type of a cause how can we use the social media to make raise awareness and then when people are ready to engage them and miranda you know the question you asked how did we engage people initially there was one question to ask as far as we were concerned do you know there is hunger mm. around you gotcha. and you know that would get them intrigued and you know then we knew the statistics we knew the work that was being done so it that and the question is just so profound yeah. that it gets people thinking see after a while interesting thing happened you know whenever we used to because we are we both are very social we go to you know uh, pre covid you know not a weekend went by where we were not out at some party with some friends etc but i i know the conversation ana and i will have in our car before entering the party is no more hunger without talk okay this is a social gathering we're going to have fun but the moment we walk in there 
people look at say oh hunger bitao you know they say mm-hmm. oh i heard your radio show or tell me more i meant to get engaged you know so ne- next thing you know the entire evening we are talking about <laughs> hunger bitao right. you know so the word really started which to was encouraging which was very right? encouraging because it wasn't us talking to people it was people pulling that information out yeah that was good to see So I attended one of your um Youth Against Hunger sessions and I thought that was really really interesting. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. So Youth Against Hunger uh, our goal again is as we are uh, you know raising awareness one thing we did was through volunteering a lot of youngsters came out and volunteered. A lot of families came out and volunteered. Interesting thing we also learned was during the volunteer time again these are all pre-covid times. um when families used to come out and volunteer together you know from uh, young teenagers to uh, you know college going students to mom and dad sometimes visiting grandparents also coming out and volunteering together they actually reached out to us and they said that the conversation around our dining table has changed can now these kids you know are no longer consumed about wanting more more video games are focusing their time on video games because when they spend 2 hours with their family you know filling the backpack program are the senior boxes that you know they were asking question and then they learned that other kids their age did not know where the next meal is coming from i mean it is not mom and dad telling them because mom and dad telling first thing they'll do is ignore right but yeah. they are actually seeing yeah. it right so now i mean we don't need to tell them to finish their food they are finishing their food and more and more kids were foregoing birthday parties yeah to yeah. you know deflect their gifts into the food bank exactly so to to be there see that type of transformation taking place so so youth against hunger uh, was a part of that where we felt that we need to create more opportunities for youth and you know my father used to always say an empty mind is a home of devil so during summer vacations for example parents are looking for how to keep their kids engaged etc so last couple of years around summer time uh, just coming up to the hunger bitao month which we have which is in the month of august you know we we thought you know it would be great if the kids wanted to do a food drive and and then kids you know i mean again i'm saying kids but i'm talking about 13 to 19 year old Uh, we said okay do you have ideas through which you can do uh, fundraising or, or do food drives to benefit the food bank and there are several ideas so we said okay we'll provide you a platform to come in you know present your idea and and they came out they presented their idea then we said okay we'll attach one of our steering council member as a mentor with you to help you shape your idea and implement it and i tell you i mean simple things like uh chalk art on sidewalk in a in a summer day because so, of covid people were only walking around their neighborhood right. and this one youngster said i want the sidewalk to look pretty because people are looking at their sidewalk more right so right. she started doing she started doing that she said, i just charge you 10 dollars and she and couple of her friends but one of the homeowners got so touched by that gesture what what the kid was doing and the fact that the money money was and and they, they, the kids did not collect the money they set up a page within the north texas food bank site right and they basically said you go and donate directly i will draw the art and you donate directly to the food bank they donated 1000 dollars oh wow 
Yeah, and and this this uh, youngster, she raised three thousand some dollars, you know. And we thought, okay, no, this idea at best may get hundred, two hundred dollars, you know, because I'm I'm doing mathematical calculation. One drive at ten dollars, you know. Physically, how many can she do? I I forgot the human part, the how that touched the human emotions and how people who didn't were not aware or who were on the sideline came out and donated. So that was one. There was one other child. You want to talk a little bit about the concert? So there was one um, high school student who decided that um, what was the movie that came out? Uh, uh, Queen's uh, Rhapsody, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, and, and the and the AIDS concert that they had done, I believe. So this um, this student said, "Oh, you know, we can invite all the high school bands." to come to a concert, we can sell tickets. I mean, they, it was amazing. They formed a team, they created a whole event and they raised a whole bunch of money. Yeah, they, they, they raised almost 50,000 meals. 50,000 meals. Right, and they had high school bands compete with each other. And, uh, and it was really great to see their strategy, their project planning and their team building in the process. You know, with all the nothing. So this was all youth driven. So youth against hunger, we got inspired to figure out, you know, how we can provide a platform for youth to unleash their creativity to help the food bank in the fight against hunger. And it's an important program because one generation will not solve this issue. We need youngsters to at least be aware of the hunger issue to start thinking about how they can impact it yeah. and, uh, you know, become the next leaders. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Do you want me to talk a little bit about the COVID impact? On- I was actually just about to ask that. I was going to say, like, how has the movement changed in the past five years, especially during COVID? Yeah. This is my next question. So, so go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I think, uh, Miranda, that's a very good uh, thing because uh, one thing interesting that happened was the uh, the food banks and Feeding America were making great progress in this fight against hunger. Because mm-hmm. typically hunger is a result of two things, you know, unemployment, poverty, homelessness, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, if you remember pre-COVID, I mean, our unemployment rate was around 3.7%, right? Uh, poverty, you know, as calculated was uh, 10% or below across the country. So we were making great progress in addressing that. However, when COVID started last year in March, I mean, it just, this, I mean, all the progress, you know, uh, has been literally been you know, washed or wiped out. And, and more people, there were like at one point, 40 to 50% of people standing in food line, waiting for food by the food bank were first times, 40 to 50% people. Right. So many people, as you know, uh, that uh, who are uh, customer-facing uh, retail industry, you know, were shut down. Restaurants, you know, uh, retail stores, retail outlets, etc. Travel, travel, right? And travel and all the associated um, well, the Uber drivers, the dry cleaners. I mean, there's the whole side industry that supports right. I mean, people sport, who go into work. Sports came to an end, right? So the sports arena are not working. So, uh, I mean, all the you know the hot dog stands and I mean you can imagine and 
everybody knows this, so let me not harp on that part. But uh, clearly, 55% more demand of food across the nation, 55%. Some food banks almost, they basically reached out to Feeding America, said that we are running out of money, running out of food, and the line is not you know, coming to an end. Right. So uh, the, clearly, one, two good things happened out of the pandemic. One, generosity of uh, people really showed up. And, uh, people stepped up and, uh, and basically gave and gave from their heart. I mean, from working class people to folks like uh, uh, McKinsey, uh, Scott, Scott McKenzie, Jeff uh, Bezos' uh, ex-wife, mm-hmm. you know, who mm-hmm. gave millions of dollars to Feeding America and the food banks. Uh, so it was uh, it was very gratifying to see that the good side of people uh, stepping up for people. The other interesting thing that happened was, as you remember, in our earlier part of discussion, we talked about how hunger is hidden here. Hunger in America is no longer hidden. Yeah, that's right. So what COVID did? COVID was it, took the covers off. It took the covers off. I mean, I mean, you basically look at it. Every national, I mean, in the entire 2020, I remember whenever I'm watching news, right? There was some part of the news talking about and showing the long lines around the blocks of people waiting to collect some food, mm-hmm. right? Now we see long lines of people waiting to collect vaccine. Of course, not anymore, but <laughs> for a while. <laughs> But the point is that uh, hunger no longer became an issue. So our awareness sessions were not that difficult anymore. Trying to explain to people that people are hungry. There. People oh, are actually, coming. people called us. Yes. They had heard of Hunger Mitao. They knew we were somehow associated with the food banks, but they were on the sidelines. And suddenly, these visuals are invading their living rooms. And they're like, man, this is too much. How can I help? So we started receiving those calls. Right. We, we, uh, we do two major uh, food drives every year at Hunger Mita. One is in spring, in the month of March, and one is in August. And the one in spring, which is when COVID broke loose last year, you know, we pivoted and we said, okay, we cannot do physical food drive, collecting food and taking it to the food bank. So we said, how about we do funds for food drive? And we created pages for people who wanted to, you know, make their own donation plus share the link with others to donate. And you won't believe it, the year before in 2019, we may have raised $50,000, which was also very good just from the Indian American community. This uh, 2020, we raised quarter million dollars. Just in North Texas. Just in North Texas, just in three months, you know. So we, we saw the, 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 the generosity, as Anna mentioned, people reached out to us asking, how can we help? You know, and there were few people who reached out multiple times. It was like, I want to give, they were not sure how much to give, so they gave little, right? But then they saw more visuals, they, they heard more about it, they came back and said, hey, I want to go more. more. So we said, yeah. please, whatever you're comfortable. Yeah, the generosity really kind yeah. of stunned us. It was, it was the only gratifying thing in this COVID environment to just feel that, you know, humanity is still here and we possibly can go through anything and be okay. Right. Now, if if I were to just add and maybe kind of give my thought of looking down the road, what concerns us, what concerns us is donor exhaustion. 
Yeah. Because that is our biggest concern because those who are well-to-do and those who are philanthropic and have millions of dollars, that's fine. That's great. They may be able to pace it out and give it over time. But the working class people who have stepped up to help their brothers and sisters in need, I mean, they are struggling. I mean, many of them are suddenly are finding themselves in unemployment line. And, and in the U.S., what we also found was unemployment is not the only reason why people go and need food assistance. Yeah. I mean, there are families that have both people working. They just don't make enough. Right. We don't have a living wage. What is the term for that? Under, under they don't have a living wage and they are underemployed, underemployed. right? And we've all read the articles where most of America, if they had a $400 emergency, don't have savings to cover it. So a car repair, a health issue, derails a family's budget, right? So uh, it's not just that, oh, if employment numbers improve, this will go away. This is a systemic issue that needs to be paid attention to. There's a lot of um, focus at every food bank. There is a department that keeps working with legislators to ensure that these issues are taken into consideration. Because as the CEO of Feeding America says, food banks cannot do this all by themselves. And they should not, right? right? There is a shared responsibility. I do think how you guys are doing it, like with the the resources that you're providing on your website, make it helpful to not have the like exhaustion from donating because you aren't a new organization. So like people, you know, cause people sometimes have to choose between where to put their money. So the fact that you yeah. guys have so many things available and volunteering and all that does probably exactly. help with that a little bit. So. Yeah, we hope so. We hope so, but this is a concern that the Feeding America network has because the recovery, as you all know and you've read, is going to take us years. Right. Right. And this need, I mean, hunger comes three times a day. Yeah. So this need will last for a while and we just have to find it in our hearts and figure out ways to help. Let me share some good news also with you all that, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier that our model of hunger metal of engaging the community. What was the term? Community engagement. There was a there's a new term that's floating out there, and that term picked up. We, we've been doing this for four years. Somebody has labeled it now, but I'll share that with you later. But the our model was always, you know, first we wanted to scale this across the country by engaging wherever there is concentration of the Indian community members. So we were successful in doing that, right? As I mentioned, the five food banks, other food banks like uh, uh, Fort Worth, Tarrant Area County, Austin, Detroit, uh, the Bay Area, you know, there are food banks who have who are shown interest and want to launch Hunger Metal there. So that has worked very well. We also, as we mentioned, wanted to scale this across to other communities. And uh, the good news is that the Chinese American community reached out to us and they said that, you know, hey, uh, we want to engage the Chinese community in America in the fight against hunger. Maybe have your model. We said, it's all yours. How can we help? And uh, they, we started working with them. We shared all our templates, all our processes, all our strategies. Uh, we have a, uh, 
uh, a sponsorship model where people can make multi-year commitment to a food bank. We shared all of that with them. They took it. They said, I'm going to take it. I'm going to cut. I said, you know what? Plagiarize the heck out of it. This is yours. <laughs> you, know, I, they, you know, because we want the community to be able to use it quickly. That's and not, it was intended for that. It was intended so for that. The, the wording, everything was thought through with the larger model in yeah. mind. So, what works for the Indian community, you know, except for taking out references of India and inserting China there should work for their community as well because they are an immigrant community. Right. So uh, we now have a Chinese-American community-driven Hunger Mitao movement launched in North Texas. It's called Nihao. Cool. And they use the exact same tagline and they have leveraged our model, everything. And we are excited. And yeah. in, in July, we are going to actually have a joint uh, volunteering session with Nihao and Hunger Without North Texas together volunteering at the food bank. That's so amazing. Yeah. Um, well, we are basically out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. Yeah. We learned so much. I was inspired and definitely I'm going to look into donating and see how I can engage with Hunger Mittal. And to all our listeners, you can engage with um, Hunger Mittal with, um, at www.hungrymittal.org. And did you ask? I was yes. just going to ask them if they had any thoughts that they wanted to share before oh, we wrap Yes, up. yes, yes, for sure. Um, did you guys have anything else that you want to touch on before we do our clothing <laughs> stuff? No, I, I really am grateful for this opportunity. Um, thank you. We are excited to bring this word to you. So hopefully it will reach a lot more people. And um, this is a need, guys. I mean, hunger is a need. Please get engaged in any way you can. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I would like to add that... Um, uh, Hunger Metal is not a Raj and uh, first of all, it's not an organization, and it is not a Raj and Anna organization, mm-hmm. right? It is a community-driven movement. Right. So we need you, right? We want ideas. We want people's engagement. It doesn't have to be money all the time, right? We need leadership because we are running out of bandwidth, right? Mm-hmm. There are 200 food banks out there. I mean, I am dropping the ball between five food banks with which we are communicating and and planning the next campaign with. So the more people that get involved, right? You don't need to give give up your full day day, daytime job. So you 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 can get involved. Secondly, if there are people of other communities, I shared with you about the Chinese community. If you are represented as a listener to your podcast, if you are from the Vietnamese community, if you are from the Korean community, if you are from the LGBTQ community, any group of people that call themselves community and want to engage them in the fight against hunger, connect with us. We'll share the whole model with you. And then you can get, and you can replicate it, right? And you can be the rock stars. Yeah, that's smart. Like having the community to network, like yes, because then you can like focus your marketing and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you would like to connect with the Hungry Medal, you can um, find them on Facebook. We'll have all the links in the description. I hope you really do check it out. This sounds like an amazing opportunity. And And we'll tag their Instagram account. They did say they had an Instagram (laughs) account that they don't use very much, but we'll tag. Go ahead and tag them for that. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Really appreciate that.
this has been this was a wonderful opportunity and we look forward to hearing it all right thank, thank you. you bye